so much for joining me for another episode and new season of Coffee with Yvonne, a show for creatives and entrepreneurs. I am so excited to be back on the mic chatting with all of you. Been on break since June, and even though it was much needed, I am ready to get back in there and chat with you all over coffee as we connect with new entrepreneurs and creatives who are changing the game in their industry. So grab your coffee and let's chat. Before we get into this week's episode, we have to get into our industry news segment called What's the Brew? And for those of you who are new to Coffee with Yvonne, What's the Brew is our segment in which we chat about all things creativity, entrepreneurship that's happening out there in the world that you may not hear about on your normal news outlets. First up, one of my personal favorites, seriously, Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh, I adore her. She is celebrating coily hair textures in her new series uh, called Hair Tales, and this was reported by Hulu Press. It is executive produced by her, the Oprah Winfrey, like the Oprah. You get a car, you get a car, Oprah. And Michaela Angela Davis. This new show takes viewers on a journey about the beauty of black hair as told through the lens through some of your favorite celebs and notable figures like Chloe Bailey, Ayanna Presley, Everyone's Little Sis in Her Head, Marseille Martin, and more. The show, which I believe is a limited series, launches October 22nd, and you can stream it on Hulu, OWN, Star Plus in Latin America, as well as Disney Plus. In our next story, Meg The Stallion gets real about her mental health-ish. This was reported by NBC News. Meg, who is one of my favorite rappers, is already using her bachelor's degree in public health and growing platform to create impact. She recently launched a website highlighting mental health resources titled Bad Bitches Have Bad Days com. The name is in reference to her current single called Anxiety from her second album, Traumazine. I do listen to that on a regular basis. Budget is one of my favorites with Big Lotto. And she also made sure to mention that this is something that is very important to her because, as you know, being a celeb, anytime that you do anything that's not attached with your original talent, people may take it as you trying to hop onto a trend, not for Meg. She penned a special note to her fans about the announcement saying, hotties, you know, you know how much mental wellness means to me. So I create a hub with resources that can help you when you might need a hand. In the tweet, she also mentioned that you need to head to badbitcheshadbaddays2.com now and check it out. Love you so much. Now that's some real hot girl-ish. Ah, that was my Megan the Stallion interpretation. Anywho, in our last story, Issa Rae proves that she is flyer than the rest. This was highlighted on Issa's actual Instagram page, so this is real. The media mogul, and I will die on this hill, she is a mogul, has collected a new bag with her latest partnership with Delta Airlines. The partnership will feature a limited edition collection of travel-inspired, ready-to-wear pieces that is curated by Issa Rae and six small businesses. The Delta Runway Runway Collection is slated to drop on Friday, October 7th at LA Fashion Week. Now, I know there's so many drops happening and the girls are refreshing their closet, but I actually took a look on her stories and it looks cute. I might be outside in this wardrobe. 
Joining me this week for coffee and our first episode of the season is Paulana Lamonier. That sounds so fancy. She is the founder of Black People Will Swim. I first learned about this organization on Twitter, actually, when it came up as one of the organizations I should follow. And I've been following her work ever since. I truly admire the time and effort she has put into building this organization into one that's going to help destigmatize the activity of swimming within Black and Brown communities. So get into this interview, a very fun interview with Paulana Lamonier. And we'll jump right into it and also this is all audio so no need to like feel like you have to be extra pretty for camera or anything like that you're just showing up as yourself today thank god (laughs) i love that all right so as i mentioned everyone i have another special guest joining me for coffee this week and she is the epitome of black girl magic i have paulana lamonier i'm using my french terms this week she is the founder of black people will swim a purpose-driven organization working to smash the stereotype that black people don't swim after learning how to swim with the help of coaches in 2009 at CUNY New York College, Paulana nurtured her love for swimming and became inspired to teach others how to conquer their fear of water. For over a decade, she has shared her passion for swimming by working with swim clubs, teams, and gyms to build a community with her students. She is also a multimedia journalist who has made a career out of telling compelling stories. She has worked for Fast Company, Forbes, Complex Magazine, and interviewed with the likes of Queen Latifah, the queen we recognize, Lonnie Love, Venus Williams, and more. And with that being said, welcome to Coffee with Yvonne Paulana! I love when someone understands that. Yes, I'm all about the podcast culture. Yes, yes. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. I know you are a very busy woman, so we're going to jump right into it. Is that cool? I'm down. All right. So first question for you. What inspired you to start Black People Will Swim? Uh, it, it what's What inspired me starting Black People Will Swim is simply it started off just as a challenge. And that challenge and my love for swimming progressed into me creating uh, an initiative that is that is basically my love letter to Black people, my love letter to Black and Brown people saying that, hey, man, I love you. I care about you. I want you to learn how to save your life and possibly someone else's. And so it started off as a challenge, me teaching 30 people how to swim. And then from there, it progressed and people wanted to wanted more of this. And I'm like, you know what? Let me, I like where this is going. Let me actually go ahead and create a company. We'll call it Black People Will Swim for now assuming that I was going to change the name later on down the line. But then I realized that, you know what, this is a call to action. I love that because as a black woman who has grown up her entire life, honesty moment, I do not know how to swim. My mama has tried many swimming lessons. It is a fear of mine um, to experience possibly drowning or in those situations. So that being said, according to Reuters, 64% of Black children do not know how to swim compared to other demographics. And this number gets higher to 74% when factoring in household income below $50,000 a year. What do you think has contributed to these statistics? 
It's a few things. And that's kind of why Black people will swim exist. It's a few things. One, it's accessibility. People, you know, Black people don't have access to pools as much as white people. And I think it's important to compare because I'm not saying we don't have access to pools at all. It's just not as much as our counterparts, right? Or our neighbors, so to speak. And then, you know, there's accessibility, affordability, representation, but of course, our hair. You know, there's a huge learning curve when it comes down to hair maintenance, hair hygiene, what products work, um, hair hair products as far as like protective styles and um, gear, swimming gear. So I think when those are the four issues, I would say, from my experience of what's prevented Black people from learning how to swim. But all of that is an umbrella under racism, under America's racist history. You know, we can't negate that. We can't overlook that, erase that, no matter how many times we may try. And you're absolutely right. Like things like our hair, accessibility to pools and safety is so important. For those who have little ones who may be listening to the show or aunties like me, How old should a child be when you start introducing water or swimming to them in their activities? I would say as young as six months, Um, you know, between the ages of one and four, the leading the leading cause of death for children one through four is drowning. You know, yeah, it's crazy. It's drowning. So, you know, it's really important to enroll your children in those swim classes, enroll your children in activities or you introducing them to the water where you and you have a lifeguard there and you have an instructor there or someone who is certified to help you prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. You know, so there are a number of programs and certification programs out there um, to help you. Make sure that you're you're a child and you are water safe. And those of us who are past six months, like myself, I'm big age, 35, big age. (laughs) I've already built up to be transparent again and anxiety when it comes to the water. Again, my mom has tried swimming lessons, but what are some ways adult swimmers like myself who are trying to overcome it can face, you see what I did with that, face their fears? Oh, there's a few ways that um, you can face your fears. I mean, one, just sign up for a swim class, um, really. And sign up for a swim class depending on, you know, how bad or how, you know, how scared are you of the water? So, um, like, for us, our program, our ratio is one to four, between one to four to one to six. Some programs are one to eight, which can be a lot. Um, So it really depends on, one, finding a program with a class size ratio, And two, if you don't really feel like the class setting is for you, I would recommend private lessons. However, private lessons are also quite expensive, right? So it really comes down to like finding a friend or finding an organization like us where, you know, we're working on an instructor database, connecting you to an instructor in your neighborhood where you're not breaking bank on helping you conquer your fears. So there's that. And then most importantly, just understand your why. Remember your why in those moments that you are thinking about giving up, those moments that it gets hard. Just remind yourself why you're doing this. You're doing this to save your life in the worst case scenario. Swimming provides a sense of freedom. And you want to be able to go on vacation, jump off those yachts. You want to live your best life. And swimming provides that opportunity. And I love how you mentioned that because swimming, a lot of people don't know, is already ingrained in our culture. Quick fact, people don't know that um, in Africa, I can't pinpoint the exact country. They were actually the originators of surfing. 
in their culture. Before we were um, brought over, <clears throat> we... <laughs> come on, tell the facts. Okay, but we were active swimmers, fishers, and hunters in our culture, and unfortunately, that was taken away with us through that systematic oppression. Um, I do think that there has been transformation through the work that you're doing, but like you mentioned with our hair, during the last Olympic swim games, there was controversy over introducing a new style of swim cap that was created by Soul Cap to protect black and curlier hair textures. Because according to the International Swimming Federation, it didn't follow the natural form of the head. You briefly touched on this before, but how do decisions like this affect our participation in these water or swimming sports? It's a huge hindrance. It's a huge hindrance. You know, us as Black people, our hair is everything. It's our crown. I mean, you know, we have, we there's the CARE Act that is being, you know, that is that, that they are working aggressively to get passed across the country for hair discrimination. So that goes to show the importance and the role that Black hair, hair in general, plays in our lives as a society, right? And so when you say that a head is not shaped a certain way, it goes to show your lack of education. And it really brings to point or brings me to or begs me to question, are you really considered an expert if you only know a part of a demographic that is learning this sport, that is swimming this sport? Are you? Are you an expert? You're not. You're not an expert because that means that you have to do your research and understand how swimming is, is affecting in white culture, in black culture, in Asian culture, in Indian like. You have to do your research. And for them to say that, I think it was very negligent on their part. Luckily, now the tides have turned, no pun intended, but, you know, um, she won. She won the case. And I think it's important that despite, you know, 2022, we're still fighting these um racist based or racism underlining laws. But at the end of the day, it's like racism is, you know, slavery was not that long ago. Jim Crow laws was not that long ago. And then honestly, they still exist in certain things. Like you mentioned with the Crown Act that is uh, being passed across the country, there has been discriminatory practices against hair of various hairstyles. So this makes sense as well as an, a continuation of that discrimination to keep us out of certain areas because they know once we enter it's a wrap it's a wrap you've seen it you've seen it in tennis gymnastics golf i don't know if tiger still claims this but golf <laughs> all of it it's a wrap once we're in the league but i do want to know from you because hair is such a big concern for our community are there any hair care regimen regimens that you will recommend before we get into the water because you know the chlorine can dry our hair out right so what do you recommend moms aunties or anyone do to prep before they get in the water? Oh, it's a tough one because it really is it's contingent on hair texture as well and the state of your hair right now, hair texture. And like, if you have a perm, if you're natural, if you have a press. Um, but I, I can only speak for myself. This is why I mostly have braids over the summer because I know it's a low maintenance hairstyle. I do try to maintain it. So that means washing my hair, deep conditioning it, greasing it up, you know, but also you want to make sure that yes, while your hair is in a protective style that you are still maintaining um, that hair. So that's for me, I just kind of stick with braids, but let's say, you know, you can't do braids or you're scared to do braids with the knots, go for knotless braid style. That way it's easier on the scalp. It may not last as long, but it is a good substitute 
for, you know, regular style braids. And then also other things that I see is like people wash their hair or they wet their hair before they get in the water to make sure that the hair doesn't absorb the chlorine because, you know, our hair is a sponge. Uh, And so those are some of the other ways. But I think it's really based on the individual and their budget. So I recommend speaking to a natural hairstylist, getting answers, eating body works and look into these black hair care lines that offer these um, solutions. Because there are a few. Eden Body Works has a great hair care line for people who are swimmers as well. And I love how you mentioned those recommendations because our hair is our crown and we want to protect our crown while we're engaging in this sport. To go back to the Olympic Games, as we know, there's a low amount of Black swimmers associated with the sport. Do you think that lack of representation has an impact on how we view the sport of swimming? Absolutely. I think lack of representation plays a role as to why there's not enough Black people in the sport. What's interesting is that I wonder if our counterparts, if Caucasian people ever stop themselves and wonder why aren't there enough Black people wanting to learn how to swim. Um, But yeah, I absolutely believe that it's a lack of representation. But also it's a number of things. As I mentioned earlier, those four factors um, as to why there's not enough of us in that sport. To go back to the work that you're doing, I believe you're based out of New York, correct? Yes. One of my favorite areas. But is there any plans to expand Black People Will Swim as an organization with partnerships like with the Olympics or to other locations or even countries across the diaspora? I would love to partner with anyone who would like to partner with us. And as long as it makes sense, as long as it aligns with our brand ethos. Um, But we would love to. I think right now we're just having a hard time starting in New York simply because of COVID, you know, simply because of the pandemic. You know, I'm not going to say the pandemic is over because it's not. That'd be very negligent of me to say that it is over. It's not. However, um, quarantining did take a huge toll on us. And so it's just figuring out what are the next steps and does it make sense for us as a business, as an initiative? So I'll say for right now, our goal is to not so much expanding into other countries, but more so becoming um, a nonprofit as opposed to an LLC. We're currently an LLC right now. And so we're working on funding, we're working on grant funding, applying for grants, pitch competition so that we can become a nonprofit. I'm working on a sister company as well. Listen, it's a whole like- Oh, she busy. She busy. (laughs) That's wonderful. I I really do think that the work that you're doing is going to have such a positive impact on our communities of color. You know, DC is a very big market down here for supporting black and brown initiatives. So just keep that in mind. When you're expanding, come on down to the DMV. We pull up. (laughs) I love that. And that's something we want to do. It's just just like, it's a lot of money and funding. And it was just like hoping that, you know, a brand Speedo, somebody, I don't want to name drop, but somebody out there sees the work that we're doing would love to participate i would love to do a tour if that wonderful wonderful well i really thank you so much for joining me before you go today i do have a few quick fire questions for you now this is top of the dome don't overthink it so just roll with me on it all right all right all right if you were a superhero what powers would you have it would be either invisibility or it'll be like hearing oh like supersonic hearing yes we could get the tea like wait a minute what she said <laughs> yeah or just be invisible so i could be like mm, look at her mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at she a mess she, she a mess. mess look at her picking her nose and eat her <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. 
I knew it. I knew she didn't wash her hands when she left the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And then you're going out with the girls or with, you know, whoever, like on the team. What song or rap will you just body at karaoke night? Ooh. It would have to be either a Beyonce song or or Cash Doll. Um Cash Doll, is it do, not doing too much? Uh, like a pro featuring Juicy J. Okay, okay, I see that. And the Beyonce song, we're we talking current Renaissance album or former catalog, if we had to choose. Because the Renaissance album has me in a chokehold at this point. I'm okay with me being in a cho- chokehold. I'm me too. Okay with that. Me too. I don't know. I scream out unique whenever I get a chance. <laughs> I will spell unique any moment I can. U N I Q U O I stingy with my love. Yes, uh, it's <laughs> every day in the car, in the car. Yes. And finally, my last question for you: If you were a coffee, what kind of coffee would you be? Ooh, I don't know. I don't drink coffee, so I wouldn't know. I'd probably say I'd be a hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Well, now is it a little hot chocolate, a little something extra, like a little bourbon or something? You know, whichever, whichever you want. You know, little little peanut butter, little caramel in there, marshmallows, of course. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me for coffee, Paulana. How can they find out more about you and your platform? You can find out about us over at blackpeoplewillswim.com, Black People Will Swim across all of our platforms and social media. And you can follow me at It's Paulana, that is I-T-S Paulana, P-A-U-L-A-N-A. And last but not least, we are finalists in the Capitalist Building Resilient Businesses Contest. So if this airs before October 10th, please be sure to vote for us so we can take the grand prize of $100,000. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Please share that with me. I would love to share it on the socials. Uh, Thank you again so much for your time. I know you are a booked and busy woman, but you taking the time to have coffee with me totally made my day. And please keep up the work that you're doing because you're inspiring a whole community. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate your platform. And I can't wait for people to hear this conversation because this was funny. Yay. Thank you so much. All right. I will chat with you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Paulana. I had a great time interviewing her. Once you find out someone is also a fan of Queen B and cannot stop playing the Renaissance album as well, you have to have a sing-off, right? Anyway, to learn more about me and my business, Pink Doll House Marketing, check out my website pinkdollhousemarketing.com or you can follow my business page on Instagram. You can slide into my DMs. It's cool at Pink Doll House Marketing. I'll chat with you soon. Bye. Coffee with Yvonne is produced and edited by Yvonne Pearson. Coffee with Yvonne is created by Pink Doll House Marketing. You can catch the latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.